about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well hello, welcome to episode 282, that's 282, it's the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host as ever, Mr. Nathan Jude, on a wet, windy, and damp day. Mr. Liam Keane, how's it going, Bebe? There was a nice dramatic pause then. I always wonder when you want me to come in. Well, you you are in. Welcome to the chat. Oh, Welcome I'm to the here. chat room. It was it was it's miserable today. It was miserable on Saturday. I don't feel great. Um, so I need you to lift the spirits of the podcast because I'm not I'm not in a, I'm not in a great mood, mate. I'm not I'm, I'm I feel steady. Well, the, as you say, the weather's not helping. Um, early start this morning, 6am gym. Oh, There's no messing around. Keen's on the game train. This is it, mate. This is it. Because, you know, you've had a few false dawns, haven't you? Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, you've had quite a few. Um, right, false this starts. is it. This is me. This is my This is my fitness journey begins. And I keep seeing you at the dessert counter for seconds on a Saturday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Sunday or whenever Wolves are playing. It's like, well, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start again. I'm going to start again. But it looks like you've got your mojo back. The, the mojo is well and fully kicked into gear. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling motivated. It helps, you know. It helps that I'm already in pretty good athletic condition. Um, but, um, in fact, I had my first. Uh, I've, been, I've been ill for about five or six days. I had my first session back at jiu-jitsu uh, after a week off last night. Um, feeling good, mate. I'm, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling. I'm ready. I'm flowing nicely. Well, I'm glad you've got your diet um, sorted out finally. So, how was pancake day? I didn't have any. Oh, here um, we go. In in fact, that is going to be uh, me and Rosie are going to treat ourselves uh, to our cheat meal of pancakes. So you already talked about a cheat meal on day two. Look, I'm 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 having one a week. I'm working okay. my way there. Okay. And I'm, the pancakes are coming on on Sunday. Okay. It, 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 you know, it's not not great that it's not on actual pancake day, but. We're not, you know, we don't fall into the traps of this, you know, these commercial holidays. We do what we want, man. So you didn't do anything for Valentine's, no? You said you had your three-course set menu, so you didn't, no, com- <laughs> just, you talk absolute tosh. Absolute well, tosh, Well, I was hoping you, were, you, you wouldn't come back to oh, it and bring come, that up. Come on, yes, mate, I've been I doing did this. go out for a five-course taster <laughs> extravaganza that, of course, Keen, you know, got his credit card out and paid for. Um, uh, but- Rosie's only transferred me half the other day. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, I wouldn't make her do that. I've been doing this for a long time now, mate. You can't get much past me. You can't, you, can't, you really can't. Um, I um, I hope people aren't listening to this and eating at the same time. I've got a bit of a story about yesterday. Oh no! So I asked people on on the old the old tweeter um, about uh, some recipes for pancakes, and a few people got back to me, which I really appreciate. And I meant to cook them before I went to the gym and do like a bit of protein pancake thing uh, yesterday and didn't quite happen so and I was out for most of the day got back had dinner I'm like oh, do I do pancakes I'm like I kind of would like it I don't want to have too many and then it got to like about half eight and we just watched have you watched have you started watching the last of us have you watched that on there yeah no, I'm, I'm fully Very, up to date. awesome awesome loving it absolutely loving it so watch that you can't really eat be- during that because zombies and fungus and stuff so i can't really you know eat and watch watch that and uh i'm like oh, i'm gonna do it and then i looked at the back of the drawer and i'm just about to make i'm like oh there's a pancake mix here i'm like perfect one of alana's that she got from costco i don't know 
few months ago, whatever. Look to the best before date. Now, this is a decision that I think, um, well, it was an important decision at the time. Best before date was November last year. <laughs> now, I've gone into the room, back into the room, and I've asked the missus, and I said, what do you reckon? November actually, she's like, you'll be fine. It's, it's pancake mix. What's the worst that can happen? So, 11 trips to the bathroom later during the night, um, it's still... Um, it's still sticking with me, let's just say. Are you joking? It's, it's not been good. Four so trips when, already this morning. When you looked um, at it and taste-wise, it, did it seem fine? Well, that's the thing. I burnt it to shreds. It didn't stick properly. The consistency was all over the shop. It was still a little bit raw in the middle. I put a bit of cashew butter on it, a little bit of honey. Didn't taste great. And it's, yeah, it's, um, it's not a good situation, mate, let's be honest. That is very grim. I think I've spent, during the night, over two and a half hours not in my room. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> the loo roll is in the freezer as we speak. It's not good, mate. That is shocking. <laughs> it's not that is absolutely right. shocking. I mean, uh, look, I, I do sympathise with you because, um, as we know, when it comes to food, I'm also, you know, I, I will take chances. <laughs> you will way. take chances. I'll take chances, you know. I'm um, a little bit greedy at times, so if you know, I know that wasn't where you were coming from. But if I, look, if I saw something that was out of date and it looked okay, I'm I'm snapping it up. If we um, if we end up going to South Korea for pre-season, Liam, I think that could be a new segment for us, a new video. Take a chance on me and just random dishes that oh. we don't know what's going on. Because I would try just... anything as well. Oh, you will. Try, you will try anything. Um, let's have a look. South Korea. What shall I put? South Korea. Random foods. Let's see what comes with <laughs> oh, Google. Culinary delights. Okay, uh, no, yeah. I've, I've been to I've been to China before. I went there on a uni trip a few years back. Um, oh, really? So I went to Shanghai. I went to Hangzhou. I was there for two weeks, um, and I was I was well up for you know trying whatever is local, whatever is a bit weird oh. and obscure. I mean, Short Korean ribs, number one. I'm oh, all over that. Yes. Kino. Now we're talking. Let's have a look. I can't pronounce any of these others, but they all look delicious, to be honest. I can't even think of any bad stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm not coming back. Oh, we got my seaweed as well. Toasted, salted seaweed as a snack. It used to be a stable of mine back in the day, as people will remember. Oh, my God. This looks fantastic. I can't find any bad stuff. Oh, Sweet. Oh, yeah. Sweet rice wine as well. Similar to Yakult, it sounds oh, incredible. Rice wine. I've got a, a, a short story about rice wine. I mean, I love sake, but um, when we were in when, when we were in um, in in Shanghai, and uh, I was there with a few people off my course and some lecturers. To be mm. fair, to the lecturers they were very uh, they were very hip, very down with the kids. They were they, they were chilled, relaxed, let us do what we wanted, and they sort of joined us with drinks and stuff. It was good. Um, was this an education trip or just just a jolly? So it was meant to be sort of you know going to the to the unis there and sort of uh, you know doing some what broadcasts journalism stuff with them and wow really... that, that sounds that's no no the reason why like it's so vague trip. is because yeah. we did virtually nothing we just got drunk and went around and saw the sites basically Superb. it was brilliant Thanks. And it got well done well done liverpool john moore's and it was all paid for um, it was class so uh, i'm glad to see where my taxes are going these days yeah, exactly. mate. it's really good um, yeah, and we went to into like a sort of corner shop type place and trying to find some alcohol, and we found this rice wine mm. that was fifty percent uh, alcohol. Um, like sake, course, yeah, sake, yeah. 
Well, it's, it's meant to be used, I think, the, well, at least the one we were picking up, I think it was meant to be used in cooking, though. It's not meant to, you're not meant to drink it. Oh, okay. And um, we were mixing it with Fanta and having it as like a vodka mixer. What? Oh, <laughs> mate. Oh. It was one of the worst things I've ever drank, and I had like half a bottle of it with one of my mates, and it's sort of on the uh, the roof of our hotel in Shanghai, and it was, it was, it was steady. <laughs> we put it oh, that mate. It was not What's nice. Going? What is going on? That's terrible. I mean, the, the sake is is absolutely delicious. We'll, we'll definitely get into some of that, but it's definitely taken a quiet taste. But there's I've some not amazing sakis out there. Oh, mate, not had it before. Amazing, amazing. I know we're flipping from one to another country, but yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of it. Oh, mate. Anyway, let's uh, should we move on. Let's do it because we've got a couple of questions saying we talk too long. So that was eight minutes of twelve. So you should be happy. Um, <laughs> look, Kino, um, I'll be like I said. I, I do feel. I do feel still a bit like I've been punched in the gut after after Saturday, and that'll be the pancakes, mate. It will be the pancakes, and I'm I'm kind of frustrated still. And I look at that table, and look at what could have been, and I look at the next four games, and kind of still looking over the shoulder rather than looking forward. It's just I just feel like it was a massive opportunity missed. And when you look at Bournemouth's away record. And and then winning for the first time in three years in the Premier League away from home and keeping a clean sheet. I'm just it just makes me so frust- so angry because you know Wolves were okay on the day. They they weren't they weren't terrible. They they weren't great, but they they were okay. But I just felt that they were just waiting for things to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. We're going to score. And you said it. To be fair to you, credit where it's due. In the last podcast and also in, in the newsletter as well, which you can obviously subscribe to on expressandstar.com, plug, uh, that complacency was the main worry. And, and as much as you know, you look at different ways of where they lost the game, you've got to think that complacency did play a part in it. Uh, I'm going to break it down to the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, but what was your kind of overall thoughts on that game? Pretty much that, that I thought that the Wolves coasted particularly in that first half. I mean, they, they had Bournemouth on the ropes. Bournemouth, I don't want to take too much away from them because, yes, they've got three points and, and that, you know, the statistic in terms of goals scored is the one that matters the most, but they were very poor, let's be honest. Um, and I think they will struggle between now and the end of the season. But Wolves had them on the ropes. They couldn't get out of their own half, had no attacking threat at all. Um, Wolves had the majority of possession, Created some decent opportunities, some good counter-attack opportunities as well when Bournemouth had the, the odd foray forward. And Wolves didn't really come close to scoring. It was all very 50% first, second gear. Had they gone up a gear or two, I think they could have easily gone 1-2-0 up in that first half and, and probably had the game in the bag. That's really frustrating because you come out in the second half, they get a goal pretty much against the runner play. Wolves actually started the second half okay in the first three, four minutes before the goal. Against the run of play, they get a goal. It's a bit scrappy. Semedo doesn't, well, falls asleep really, doesn't follow his man or give Kilman a call. Yeah, they get a scrappy goal. Wolves have got plenty of time to get back into it. They panicked, they rushed. It was all very laboured, desperate, and they didn't, again, didn't really come close to scoring and didn't really deserve it based on, on chances created. So it's frustrating because the game was there for Wolves to take. It wasn't as if they got outplayed or outclassed, it was there for them to take. And Bournemouth managed the game well. And, and Wolves, unfortunately, had next to no bite. And I'll sum it up with, with one player's performance. I don't want to just pin it on him because it's definitely not the case. But Mateus Nunes, who obviously I, you know, I rate, I think is a very good player, but he's had you know, peaks and troughs with, in, in a Wolves shirt. There were moments in that first half where 
he glided past the opposition, got into some good areas going forward, and it was all a bit too easy for him. At a time when it is a bit too easy for him, he lets his guard down too much. And that's what I feel like Wolves overall were doing, but I can use examples for him. You know, first touches, a player of his quality, he was so lackadaisical with his touch, cross-field cross passes, 10-yard passes that were totally out of bounds, just not good enough, unfortunately. And it's because not because he isn't good enough or doesn't have the talent or wasn't on it, it was that he was just allowing the game to pass him by. He was, he was, too, he knew he was better than the players around him, and that's a dangerous precedent to, to set. You cannot think that right. I'm head and shoulders above the players around me, and that's what it looked like for me. And that meant that they got punished. And overall, Wolves, yes, they got a better squad, better starting eleven than Bournemouth, and they got punished because they didn't put them to the sword when they had the opportunity to do it. Yeah, I've got the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I've got I've got Nunez as in the ugly, um, just for his performance, by the way. Nothing, nothing with you, Nunez, um, but um, <laughs> I've got Sarabia as well because, like, and, and similar to what you're saying there, two players who make the game look very easy at times. I know Sarabia is, I guess, splitting opinion a little bit at this moment in time, but he does do a lot of stuff in the game that I think probably is one of those players that people don't see do. He does do a lot of good work off the ball, which I think helps this team. But there were times where both of those players, like you say, Liam, you know, almost it was almost too easy for them, and they and they made mistakes. And those are the these are the kind of games where that quality should be shining through, and they should be making big, big, big uh, contributions to to winning that game. And they just didn't in the end, and they they were just too lapsadaisical for me. Pretty much, I think that, that sums it up. I mean, Sarabia. I do like what he offers. You know, he's a hard worker, gets into good positions. I think his stats are, are very good in terms of recoveries and running and sprints and everything. So you know, I, there's lots of things I like about him. He's clearly got technical quality. And when Adama came off, which I know will come on to the subs, he moved over to, to the right side and you know whips in a very dangerous ball with his left foot. The problem is he was whipping them in from 40, 50 yards out. The Wolves need to be a hell of a lot closer to cause Bournemouth any trouble. Um, so there are lots of good things there. I just think he dips in and out of the games too much. I'm not 100% sure on the positions he's being played in as well, because I know previously he played, um, I think it was against Liverpool, wasn't it, up alongside Cunha, which in that individual game worked. I'm not not sure you know, overall is in playing there. He played off the left recently and, and started there against, um, against Bournemouth. Again, I'm not sure that suits him. For me, right side, or even as a... And out and out ten, where we haven't really seen him. The closest we came was that Liverpool game, but he was a lot more advanced than a ten, I would say. So the right or ten, I think, would be options for him potentially. He brings experience. He brings clear quality, obviously. But in this isolated, particular game against Bournemouth, he should, probably should have come off earlier for me. And I, I, actually, he played the ninety, I think, didn't he? So he should have come off. You know, I think the the decisions there weren't ideal. Um, and there is more to come from him. I just think that him, as well as other players, Cunha players around him, it comes down to maybe playing a number nine. I would, I would have someone in there and have you know a player to feed off. Well, Cunha's in the bad, the bad section, um, along with Semedo, second half Semedo actually. Yes, second half. Um, who was definitely. second half Semedo was 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 pretty brutal. Um, but let's 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 talk about Cunha a little bit. Um, look, still to get off the mark and. I felt like going into the game, I wasn't too concerned, really. I know we've discussed at length about him not being a, a number nine as such, or your classic number nine, and that he likes to drift. But 
I thought this was his poorest game in a Wolves shirt, actually. Again, wasteful with the ball. Had a few half chances, not really, not really, you know, one-on-ones or, or glaring big chances in the game, but enough to make, I think, um, a real contribution. It just didn't happen for him. Um, and look, he needs a goal. He does need a goal. When you come, and we've been here, we've been here with Fabio Silva, we've been here with a lot of strikers, um, They, he, he needs a goal. I don't, I'm not going to discuss about the fee and the transfer and the world record fee. And people are frustrated and social media, you know, is, is one minute can be great and the next minute they're terrible and it's a waste of money. And people are saying, I saw loads of comments saying this is a, you know, we've had our pants down and this is a ridiculous fee to pay for this guy. It doesn't look anything like it. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not even entertaining those thoughts. But at the same time, whether you're one pound or 100 million pounds, you need a goal for confidence. You, you definitely need a goal for confidence. And I thought that would come against Bournemouth. It didn't. And you add into that Raul, you add into that Diego Costa, you add into this narrative that a Wolf striker has not scored in approaching a year, a calendar year of football, which is absolutely astonishing. Now, whether you include forwards in that with Pedence and, and wide forwards and, and Triori, etc., then it doesn't. But if you're if you're talking about central strikers, i.e. Silva, Kalajic, Costa, um, Cunha, these type of players, Raul, to not score a Premier League goal between them is still an incredible start, especially that Wolves are still 15th in the table, I think, and, and, and two points away from 12th, um, or three points away from 12th, is, is crazy. So it's going to be shared about these goals between now and the end of the season. Let's hope it's going to be shared about. But at the same time, you need one of the strikers to, to take the ball by the horns and start scoring at least three or four between now and the end of the season, don't you, Liam? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, no, that stat you're talking about is um, March 10th is the uh, the dreaded day. Um, Wolves beat Watford 4-0 at home. Great day that was, I'm sure you remember. <laughs> Great day. Um, Jimenez scored the opening goal in that game. Um, and that's obviously Premier League goals. So... Yeah, no striker. Wolf striker has scored a Premier League goal since that, and they've got a couple of games now to um, to break that duck. And let's hope they do it. Not because, not only because, rather that you need confidence for a striker, whoever it is that scores the goal. Wolves and Wolves fans don't want that stat, oh. uh, you know, lingering because it will linger. I, I will have to talk about it. Other journalists will have to talk about it. It's a, it's, it's quite a, you know, it's a fairly big story because that is really been Wolves' troubles the majority of this season and. Um, yeah, I think for everyone's sake, they probably would prefer that they get get that out of the way. Um, on Cunha, look, I, I I do agree that wasteful is a good way to describe him um, in that particular game against Bournemouth. I can sum it up with one moment in the second half where he has the ball just inside the box and he's facing Traore and the Bournemouth defenders have been dragged over to the to, to their their right side. Um, which meant that their left side was open and all he had to do was make about a five, six yard pass to Traore and he was free in the box and it would have been a very good yeah. effort on goal and that was a really big moment and he turned inside to try and have a left footed shot and got crowded out. I don't mind strikers being selfish because there has to be an element of that to get goals but it has to be the, the right time. The decision making has got to be spot on. That was the wrong moment to do it. There were other moments as well in the first half where he could have maybe let fly early and didn't. And I suspect that that probably was playing on his mind and meant mm-hmm. that, right, he was thinking, next opportunity I'll get, I've got to, got to take a shot. And that resulted in that opportunity when he should have played the Dharma in. So, 
yeah, there, there were. I think the decision making was a big part of that. Wasteful, as I say, is a, is a fair way to describe it. And again, just drifted in and out of the game for me. There was moments he took up nice positions and, and a few nice touches and released players down the wings, but that was when Wolves had possession. That was when Wolves were in a good place in that first half without being threatening. In the second half, when Wolves weren't in a great position and were desperate and rushed and hurried and panicking, he reverted into his, into his shadow a little bit. I think it's fair to say. So he needs a goal. And I, you know, obviously the other strikers do as well, but I would like to see him play with the other strikers. Yeah. We've got we've gone over it so many times about whether he's an out and out number nine. Wolves bought him as that. He has played there the majority of his career. I still think the jury's out on that. And I think a lot of fans do as well. But when he came off, Costa came on. I'd have liked to have seen him... Mm-hmm. Stay on with Costa, start with them possibly, or Jimenez come on as well, and you know have someone to play off. But we're yet to really see that in action, aside from maybe the second half of Forest in the Carabao. Correct. When when Cunha set up Jimenez, and they but dominated. They exactly. dominated that second half. Exactly. So I, I yeah, I, I would like to see. I really think it's something that that at least we'll have to try it. I think that's the, the bare minimum, really. But um, it's difficult to to argue against Lopetegui as well because he's made so many good decisions tactically. So it's it's a real difficult position to be in. Yeah, we'll come on to that because I think we're in the same train of thought when it comes to um, how Wolves need to play up top, uh, potentially in Fulham when we come to preview that game. Uh, the, the one, I guess, I'm not going to say shining light, but I thought the person who came out with the most credit in that game was Adama Traore. And we've discussed a lot about Adama Traoré in this podcast and the fact that the majority of the time, if and when he does um, potentially sign a new deal, we'll never know, but if he does, you'd have thought that he's going to be an impact substitute. That's the way he's done so well in the last three games. But he got the start. Daniel Pedence was only fit enough to make the bench, so it made the decision slightly easier. Um, and I thought he was the best player for Wolves on the day. And I still saw people on, on social saying... Adama Traore doesn't fit the style. He shouldn't be playing. He shouldn't have been starting. I'm like, this guy was the best player on the pitch. He was the only guy who was trying to make something happen. He was running more direct. He was running down the down the down the wings. You know, he was cutting inside. He was trying to. He was the most. He was more threatening than five or six of those players, front players put together. And uh, and he still gets criticism. I just I just don't get it really. Uh, but there has been a bit of movement, hasn't there? And you asked. Uh, Julian about about the contract on and Friday's press conference pre Bournemouth, didn't you? And um, they're still hopeful, aren't they, that that he could be here next season and beyond? Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are obviously the public messages that are coming out, and you, you don't know whether Lopetegui harbors different opinions or whether the you know the club or the player has a diff, has different plans. But look, he, he's been he was a bit stronger on it than he has been previously, and you have to take him on face value when he says, "I want the player to stay." He's happy here. The club are working on it, and we'll see what happens. And and that's where we are at the moment, unfortunately. That you know, Wolves are as, as I discussed on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Wolves are very much focused on trying to stay in the Premier League at the moment. There are bigger fish to fry than individual contracts. Look, I know you can do a bit of both, and, and there will be. You know, those discussions will take place. Of course, they will. But you've got to look after. Get, you know, get your own house in order first. Look after number one. Wolves have got to stay in the Premier League, and. That's the most important thing. Um, for the player, look, I thought he was brilliant against against Bournemouth. Easily the best player. I think from a defensive point of view, I would put Kilman um, in there as well you know, amongst the conversation for best performance. But Adama did very, very well. Um, had Zamora on toast, the left-back for Bournemouth. 
the whole game really, and it was a mistake I I felt to to bring him off. Um, he was stretching the defense. In, in fact, speaking to to Dave Edwards for his column this week, he makes a great point that he was you know he sits so far out wide as you know we we know he naturally does. He was dragging Zamora out. The left centre half Senesi for Bournemouth was being sort of naturally coming uh, out left to sort of prepare himself to protect Zamora or, or double upon Adama. And it was leaving gaps in between. You saw a couple of times Nunes made a couple of runs. Matinho was getting across his man in, in that first half at times in those gaps. Cunha took up actually a couple positions in that gap as well. And it, it frees up an area for an attacking player to get into the box and hopefully make a difference for Wolves. I thought Adama was brilliant, not only in the way he was direct, but also indirect, as I've just described there, with, with making space for others. So, um, And credit to him as well, because the narrative has been probably quite fairly actually, that he is best off the bench. I think overall he probably is. But on this particular occasion, he was brilliant from the start. Um, did did Lopatiga get his substitutions wrong, would you say, this game? I mean, we've given him a lot of praise. Do you feel that this were, these were maybe, and it's easy to say in hindsight, of course, but but maybe his first mistake or real mistake has uh, since been in charge? I wouldn't say it's first because he, he admitted he got Man City's the start level up away at Man City wrong, didn't he? Um, so that was one, and this is probably number two, I would say. Um, I felt that was more protection-wise, though, don't you think? I mean, look, they got mauled, didn't they? And well, he made three changes at half time, though. I mean, I think that was that's pretty, you know, that's pretty decisive that he he, mm. he felt he got the wrong got got the wrong call. Um, no, I think look, I think Bournemouth he. This, in, in terms of the players that that came on and came off, I think there was mistakes. For, for both um, I, I probably would have put Jimenez on earlier than Costa if I'm being honest I know some fans won't agree with that but that's that's my opinion um, I'd have definitely put one of them on alongside Cunha not in replace of Cunha I'd have taken Sarabia off at the time when Adama came off and kept Adama on I'd have probably taken Matini off a little bit earlier than, than he did and I'd have liked to have seen Pedence on maybe slightly earlier and that, yeah, that's a lot of decisions there that I've sort of ripped apart. But I, I felt that Wolves could and, and could have afforded to play an attacking number ten uh, earlier in the game, and that they didn't really have a lot to lose, and they could have been a little bit more, a bit more decisive, a bit quicker. Really, I would say overall. But you know, Lopetegui's got us to this point here with the decisions he's making, and he's been right more often than he's been wrong. So you have to give him credit. But on this isolated incident, I think there was a couple of mistakes for what I would, what I would have done anyway myself. Mario Lamina's uh, made four appearances for Wolves. Has he become indispensable already to this team? Uh, of course, sent off. We could say that, you know, we could say that that sending off might have cost Wolves a point or or more on Saturday because obviously he would have started against Bournemouth. And I thought they really missed his type of tenacity, right? You know, mopping things up and and. Let's be, let's be honest, dominating the, the opposition and, and pressing. And I thought that, that's one of the things that let Wolves down on the day. Has he become almost the, one of the first names on this team sheet going forward? I definitely would have played him. I'll put it that way. Um, if, he was, if he was available. Indispensable feels strong, but I know exactly where you're coming from. He, he frees Neves up. Um, he's a great buffer in front of that back four. He's also a very aggressive, you know, presses intently, all of the above reasons why I think he he probably starts most games in a Wolves shirt. 
um, because he is there's no thrills you know what I mean it's very um, it's very linear it's very one two it's very easy um, in, in some respects but he does the basics well and he gives Wolves and the individual players an opportunity to flourish that's what I like about what he brings and um, and I think yeah I think he does start pretty much every game for Wolves um, at the moment you know Jao Gomez may get there and may um, at some point push him out you never know but for the time being he, he starts and he frees up Neves and probably give Nunes a bit more of a licence as well which he needs and he probably needs to arrive later in the box more often than he does as well so the whole dynamic of that midfield changes when he doesn't play and Neves has a goes back to his, his previous role which of course he's very good at and, and has been very good at but I think we, Wolves get a little bit more out of him and he's a bit more decisive and a bit more influential on a game where Lamina plays I'd be shocked if Lamina doesn't start on um, on Friday against another former team of his, of course, um, and hopefully him coming back will give will give that midfield a bit of a, a jolt of energy. Put it that way. What is going on in the background at your in your gaffley? It's got some sort of poltergeist energy. Yeah, I, I apologise if it is coming through. I mean, I had to move rooms before we recorded because uh, one of the neighbours is having building work done which is perfect on a day when you're recording a podcast <laughs> so um, I do apologise if you can hear it I'm, I'm, I've tried to angle myself and tried to move the mic in a certain way that it might won't come through as much just but, go outside Tim do you know who I am do you know what I'm trying to do oh sorry Lee, it's Liam Keane here boys well, let's it, just knock off for an hour they, they just heard you mate they just stopped and, <laughs> and in about 30 seconds they'll be back up again <laughs> buzzing <laughs> Nelson Semedo, uh, report today from uh, the Express and Start Understands. So I don't know who, who who understands or what person understands, but it looks like they could be about to trigger a two, two-year two extension on Nelson Semedo's contract. Liam, do you know anything about the Express and Start Understanding? Yeah, that, that came from me, surprisingly. Ah, surprisingly, Kido. I know. Kido. I know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this one's a, a fairly standard one that makes a lot of sense, I think. He's, his contract runs out um, this summer, that was that's still the same deal that he signed when when he arrived at Wolves from Barcelona, and um, and there's a two year option on that which is in Wolves' favour to to take up. Um, they've got until mid May to to make that decision. It's very much in their hands, and as it stands, uh, it, it's very likely they're going to take it up. And that makes sense for a number of reasons. One, he's improved aside from that second half against Bournemouth, but overall under Lopetegui, he's been better since the manager came in as opposed to the first half of the season. Um, he's steadied and settled into the team which is helpful he's obviously playing regularly um, and then also from a financial point of view if Wolves decide that they do want to move him on in the summer or they get an offer that is too difficult to to refuse um, they want him obviously still at the club and under a two-year contract to maximise his value otherwise they lose a player that they invested a lot of money in three years ago on a free contract so um it's likely to happen. The only things that may get in the way is that you know he's on substantial, decent wages. Um, Wolves will have to take that into account. Um, secondly, they've only got they've got a limit rather on on the number of foreign players they can have for the Premier League squad, which we discussed last week about the you know some of the players that are going to add to that. Jao Gomez, um, Nathan Collins are going to add to the number of players. So they obviously they've only got a certain number they can have. Um, so they, you know, got to make a decision on whether they, you know, who who they cut basically, because there will be players leaving. Um, so there's a decision to make, but it's very much in Wolves' hands. They're sort of quite relaxed on it and suspect at the moment that they're probably going to take it up. Twenty nine years old, Nelson Semedo. Um, how would you describe his career as a Wolves player at this moment in time? 
That's a very interesting question. I it would is. say there's been a lot of ups and downs. He. It's not a Valentine's Day podcast, you know. <laughs> How would I describe it? I mean, when I'm going to say I... disappointing. I'll be honest. Overall, I think it's disappointing. I think he's underwhelmed. I, I I wouldn't go that strong. I would say average. Okay. I would I would go slightly less strong, but with similar sentiments because I think of him and I think. There was so much potential because, obviously, since I came into the job, the first half of the season under Bruno Large, he was absolutely brilliant. That was his injury. best period. He's, yeah, he was absolutely excellent. By a million injury. miles, that was his... That, that period there, Liam, as you just said, before going into that double weekend against... Um, it was against Arsenal and West Ham. Yeah, he right. had a period of games where he was brilliant, as advertised, as bought... This is a Nelson Semedo. He was confident. He was overlapping. He's defensively, he was he was a lot more sound, and he was flying. And then since that injury, and he got another injury after that, he's kind of reversed. And he's, I agree, he's got better under Lopetegui, but not to be outstanding. Just to be, you know, I would say an average Premier League player. I would say he's an average Premier League player. I don't think he's. I don't think he's above average. I don't think he's below. Average. He's fine. He's fine, but. I wouldn't say if you look at the whole career at Molyneux and what he's delivered, and he's had some poor moments as well, but I would say that he's been slightly underwhelming from when they signed him for 30, what was it, 30 odd million pounds from Barcelona. I think we would have expected more at this stage. And that's fair. I can't argue with that because there have been too many moments um, of inconsistencies. And we saw that again this season up until Lopetegui came in. And to be fair, he's not been outstanding since Lopetegui came in, but he's been no. steady. He's been improved. He's been balanced is probably the word I would use. So there's, there haven't been a lot of thrills with him, uh, I'll be honest, apart from that period I mentioned in, in, under Bruno Large in that first season. And, um, and and for the money you paid, you probably haven't got enough out of him, but it's always been whenever you, you think it's not working he, he's tended to come back in with a few weeks of form again it's been very much up and down so mm. that's why I wouldn't describe it as, as disappointing necessarily but I, I'm not I'm not too far away from you in terms of the opinion I, I would just say it's maybe slightly slightly better than that but overall um, if he was to leave Wolves tomorrow he's obviously not going to go down as a, as a Wolves break I mean that's simple as that because he probably hasn't done as much he hasn't done enough to, to for, for, for the the reputation he had, the place he came from, obviously Barcelona being a big club, the the pedigree that he, that he's got, you'd have hoped you'd have got more out of him. And there's been injury issues as well. So money wise, money wise, purely on that, I would agree. Disappointing overall, I'll go average. I mean, look, he's a predominantly defender. I get that, but he has played wing back plenty of times. You know, eighty appearances in the Premier League for Wolves, one goal, five assists in three seasons, isn't cutting it for me at that at that level. Unfortunately, uh, I'll, I'll just one last thing on Nelson Semedo, Liam. I, I expect, I think Wolves will trigger that clause. I think I think it's probably smart for them to do so. Twenty nine years old. Let's say he they trigger it and he's got another two year extension, Liam, or two year two years on his contract. Leon come in in the summer um, after he signed his deal. Offer £14 million pounds for Nelson Semedo. Do you take it? £14 million. £14 million. 29 years old. Um, signed a two-year deal. Do you take it? Yeah, I think I probably do. I think I probably I do, think, to be honest. 
I think I agree. I think I agree. Right, let's move on. All right. Um, four games, four difficult games, three away games. Fulham away. Liverpool away. Spurs home. Newcastle away. All top eight clubs, with Liverpool being the, the, the I guess, top six if it wasn't for Liverpool, or top five even, but... Um, Liverpool were uh, pretty poor, weren't they, last night, Liam? Uh, ship five, so I'm sure Wolves will be able to score seven or eight past them if they uh, if they have that. Easily, <laughs> so, mate. Oh, dear. I was just saying to Liam on the um, before this, I think that was probably not a great result for Wolves because the fact that their return leg is in three weeks' time, so it'll be after the Wolves game, and they're almost certainly out of the comp- competition. Now they're only <laughs> basically desperate to, to get top four, so any kind of... Uh, looking over the shoulder or, or one eye on um, one eye on the Real Madrid return leg is probably all but gone now. But we'll see. We'll see. Look, we've they've played pretty well, and obviously they've got an excellent win against them recently. But four tough games, Liam. What what is it? Do you think that? Do you agree with the narrative that Wolves could actually this could be a good thing for Wolves, and they play better against better sides, or do you think that's tosh? To be honest, they probably do play slightly better at times when they're when they're. Man City aside, when they're times when they're not meant to win or not meant to get a result, and I think in some ways Fulham is. I want to be careful here because I, <laughs> you you know you don't want this to be played back to you when Wolves lost three 0 but um, it's almost a perfect fixture because it's not a you know quote unquote <coughs> top six team. It's it's a team that are. It, well, it is. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I mean. But yeah, I know what you, you mean. Know, the, yeah. the traditional, you know, top six. Yeah, um, it's a club that is punching above their weight. If we're going to be honest, look, they've been brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to put them down, but um, they are punching above their weight. And you look at the, the starting eleven. So um, it feels like, it's particularly away from home on a Friday night, the Wolves can Wolves can get something there. You look at Liverpool at home, obviously just recently. There was a feeling that Wolves could have got something. Of course, there was, but Wolves up their game, the fans up their game. Look what happened. Um, Newcastle's always difficult because Wolves haven't got the best record. I think has it been one-one, like five games in a row or something ridiculous like mm. that. It's, it's always it's, it's always very very tight. But I would take a point away from there absolutely. So this run's definitely going to be difficult. But I do think that there's less of a an, an inkling for complacency against those kind of teams. Now, in some ways, that's natural because Wolves are going there knowing that it's going to be tough, and you know they may or they may not get anything, or they're not expecting necessarily to get anything. Whereas against Bournemouth, everyone was backing Wolves to win, and they should have done. Of course, they should have done, and they didn't. So, in, in some ways, it's natural that that's going to happen. Um, but you would just hope that the players really get themselves up for it. They looked devastated after the Bournemouth game, and, and obviously they should be. And going into the next few, knowing that they have to really get some results because if they mm. don't. They leave themselves in a really difficult position, and this good work they've done in the last few weeks, yeah, in many ways, is going to be undone. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I agree with you on the on the Fulham, and we'll we'll, we'll come on to it at the end of the podcast. But I, I do think it's a a get right game for them. Yeah, I mean, they could get it very wrong as well if they don't play. But I, I do think that it's good to almost have a game quicker. I mean, it's only one day quicker, but I think you know Friday night London, they've obviously um, have played well. Um, on the road, 
many would say they play better on the road overall under Lopetegui than they have at home. I think it's a good, I think it's a good game for them. And if they can go and get a win there, that will set them up perfectly, I think. And, you know, you've got whatever you get at Liverpool. And then I think you've got to identify games. You've got to identify Spurs at home as, as want to go and win that game. Absolutely. Because you know what Spurs are going to turn up. You know, I know that they were, they were better against West Ham at the weekend. But again, for me, that's a, that's a game where they come, where they've been under par for a long, long time now. Um, they've got issues themselves at the back, at the front. Um, another game where you're going to get it. And I know there's a, I don't want to preempt a few questions here, but a lot of people are saying in that four game period, which is difficult on paper, how many points do you think Wolves should be aiming for? I mean, they should be aiming for 12, but what would you be happy with at this moment in time, Liam, for those four games? I completely agree on the Spurs game. I think that's a game Wolves... Look, it's not going to be easy, of course, but Wolves should be looking to win, genuinely, at home. Fans should be up for it. Spurs are very Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know which Spurs are going to turn up, as you say. I think, let's say, aim for three points there. Aim for a couple points, maybe, on, on, on a couple of the away games. Maybe Fulham, Newcastle, if, if we're picking them out. I think you aim for for five, six points, if possible, from from four. Now, that's obviously as a minimum I don't think that should be a you know an ambition as a as a maximum, but I think that should be what Wolves will at least hope to get out of these games. Uh, obviously, the, you know the Lopetegui and the players, the attitude is going to be we, we want three points every single game. Of course, that's what they're going to say. It's you know the old cliche, but realistically, looking at those, I think five to six is is realistic as well as something that you can hopefully aim for and then build on. Mm. Yeah, I think. I think six for me would be would be I'd be happy with six points. I'll be happy, but I think six would be enough to yeah. to get these fixtures out the way. And it comes really down to to set the precedent, like you say, Fulham on Friday night. If they can get a win against Fulham on Friday night, which I can see happening, absolutely I can see happening, then it gives you that freedom to a certain extent to go and really really have a go. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. We've spoken about Spurs, Liverpool. It's a bonus what you get, but you never know. And then, and then Newcastle as well. They've got the the EFL Cup final on Sunday. See what happens there. Whether they win, whether they lose, they might have a hangover from that. You know, they've just um, had a little blip in the league as well recently, where they've drawn three and lost one at the last four. So, you know, the likes of Brighton, Liverpool, um, you know, are chasing them for for a Europa League spot. They've dipped out the Champions League places. So you might get them at a good time. Uh, so, so it's it's definitely there's definitely points there to be had, but Wolves have got to look after themselves first. I think that's the most important thing. They've got to get playing. They've got to get back together. They've got to you know find out what. Well, let's let's be honest. Get some strikers scoring goals. And if they can do that, and I think they'll be absolutely fine. But yeah, six points. What they do need to look at as well, Liam. And I do think that Wolves will be safe. And I do think they'll be safe going before the last couple of games. I do. I still I still truly believe that. But they've got to be careful with this goal difference as well. Minus mm. 15. And um, you look at the other teams in and around them. Uh, Everton, so Wolves are minus 15. Um, only Bournemouth and Southampton have got worse goal differences than them from the teams below them. Everton minus 13. West Ham minus 10. And Leeds minus 11. So I'm not saying that it's... And it's still early days and a lot can change. But they want to keep it tight as well at the same time because what you do not want to be doing is going into the last couple of games 
um, knowing that you're neck and neck, but with with a team that's got a better goal difference than you. So they've got to be careful on that front, don't they? And they could do with scoring a few and, and hmm. maybe maybe winning well, maybe scoring two or three in a game as well, just alleviating that pressure and bringing them back in with into line, even at this early-ish stage in inverted commas with 15 games left, with Everton, with Leeds, with West Ham for goal difference. It's a good point, it really is, because it's going under the radar a little bit, I think, because everyone looks at the points, the league position, but mm-hmm. that's something that could you know, make a big, big difference by the end of the season. I think if Wolves can pick up the points that they need, that should take care of itself and may yeah. not even be relevant, obviously. But you have to keep an eye on it, you really do. Uh, look, I don't I don't expect this Wolves team all of a sudden to start winning 3-4-5-0 every game, but sure. they've got to start taking more chances and creating more chances and just a quick word on Cunha one thing I should have mentioned before is mm-hmm. how many big chances as he had I would say none so that, <coughs> that's also a big part of it and that comes comes into the goal difference and the goal scored and all of these issues that Wolves are facing they've got to create more as well as take more Thank you, Liam. Uh, right, let's move on before we get to questions. Of course, we've got to talk about our beautiful kettle and toaster man. Got to meet uh, Wayne again on Saturday. Uh, lovely, he was uh, he was watching the game. Didn't bring them any luck, Wayne, but we'll bring you some luck today because, Liam, we've talked about healthy eating and we've talked about heaters and we've talked about blankets, electrical blankets. We've talked about, of course, uh, the incredible products that they've got available and air fryers. But I'm a big protein shake fan and I know you are as well, Liam. You like to to get your, get your vitamins in, get your shakes in, get your green powders in, get everything, get all your electrolytes in. I like a food processor. I like to whap it in, mix it about, and see what comes out at the end. Um, what, uh, I assume you've got a couple of uh, blenders at home? Well, it's, it's actually funny you say this because I had a protein shake this morning. Oh, there you um, go. I do Pre have... or post? Uh, post. Gym. Post gym, okay. Post. Um, I do have a blender... But it is, it's quite small, and I've been thinking I would like a oh. bigger food processor type one. We didn't rehearse this, by the way. I, uh, I'm not joking. Genuinely, I've been thinking of I wanted to get one. Well, Liam, there are some magnificent blenders out there. And you, all you need to do is go to kettleandtoastman.co.uk. There's one here that I'm looking at, and it's the Jeepers 400 Watt 2-in-1 food blender. And it's massive. It's got three or four different little side combinations of like, you know, like the old Nutribullets where you've got, um, you can put them all in, turn it upside down and yes. then blend it together, which is which is easy. Or you can do it through the traditional way where you stick it all at the top and um, put the lid on and, and Bob's your uncle. I like, a, I like a bit of ice in there as well, a little bit of crushed ice just to cool 100%. things down. Uh, a little bit of almond milk in there, a little bit of water. Oh, fantastic. Um, there's only two left in stock at this moment in time with the code, but... It's absolutely massive. You get loads of additional bits and bobs. It's 20 quid, Liam. It's 20 pounds. And 20 pounds. for me, that would be 10 yeah. pounds because Rosie's paying 10. Oy! You love to see it. You love to see it. You think you're lying, but that's exactly true. Look, they go all the way up to 199 pounds if you want a really big fancy one, but you don't really. 20 pounds. There's another one, a tower table for 20 quid as well. Um, they even have some for 15 quid as well. But I would, I would, if you're going to get a blender, I'd spend 20 quid, I think. And uh, look, kettleandtoastman.co.uk, you graded product specialist for all those items. Make sure you get involved. Also, football prizes tonight, Wednesday, 7.30pm, closes an Astro Pay signed shirt with all your favourites, um, including some spot prizes of a Nelson Semedo uh, picture as well and some gift cards. But a signed shirt from the 2022-2023 
Wolf Squad. Um, £3.95, 149 tickets, uh, which 100 have been sold. So that means, Liam, there are how many tickets left? Don't even ask me, mate. Go on. I refuse to play your game. There are 149 tickets available and 100 have been sold. How many, Liam, are there left? <laughs> Come on. 49. Hey, there he is. There you Not go. Not just a pretty face. I gave him. Um, 10% discount code with Wolf's Potty. He did cave in. Um, so make sure you get involved with that as well. Right, okay. Some questions from the beautiful people. Here we go. Um, Whitey says, Fulham are 15 points clear of Wolves. Are they 15 points clear? Crikey. 15 points clear of Wolves so far this season. Is Mitrovic the only player that gets into the Wolves starting eleven? I saw this question earlier when I was looking through them. Like, Definitely, I, I, think I know. I think it's a really good question, actually, because... Did you just say no. definitely no? Definitely no. I'm, I'm inclined to agree yeah. with him. Oh, yeah. The only player I can think of is maybe um, a Paulinha. I can I say, Paulinha walks in, walks in for me. Not walks in, but he's in. I think you just you just wax lyrical about Mario Lamina, and now you want yeah. Paulinho to come in and take his place. I think you could play both. No, you liar. You, re- you, you realise you've been caught out, mate. Paulinho. Paulinho probably plays ahead of Lamina. Nah, man. Ah, oh, he's brilliant, mate. He's he's one that got away for me, honestly. Like Lamina's great. But Paulinho has been absolutely incredible. Oh no, no, no! I agree with that. And, 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 Andreas Pereira. You're not saying he plays for Wolves. I think Pereira's a good player. I don't think he gets in oh. the Wolves team. I, oh. I think he gets in the squad. I don't think he plays. Um, really? I, by the way, I, I was actually about to say to you, I agree with on Paulinho. I probably he would get into my eleven, but I just. Oh, I thought to... you, just, you just gave me some gave no, me some shit. No, no, I, I wanted to catch you out because you 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 were waxing lyrical about Lamina. So, I, I was, I still wax lyrical about him and say there's a better player. I can wax lyrical about um, Harry Kane and say, well, but this is Junior's available. You know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> this is still these are still top quality players. I I think. Look, I I don't believe this is this is obviously not the Fulham from from previous years where they've been up and down, up and down. It's Mitrovic and the rest. I think. Look. The, the the others the others are, I don't think are, are particularly strong. I, I completely agree with that, and, and fair play for for the coaching and what they've achieved. But um, you know, like if you're looking at Williano, Len, well, Leno, you, you know, Leno, you might have a chance. But mm. you know, Dan James and these kind of players, I'm Tim Ream. I'm like, well, no, not really. But Palinia and Pereira for me, um, alongside Mitrovic, would be would be three that would I think would be starting for Wolves. But it's not it's not five six seven from a team that are no. that are so far ahead of Wolves, is it? Another one is um, Kenny Tete, the right back. Yeah, he, he may do. Uh, I, I know, you know, I, I still don't mind Samedo, and obviously Johnny's not played a lot, but Tete's a maybe. But you're right. There's not five, it's six, not seven. A fat, players, it's not loads. It? It's not. It's, it's. I think on paper, which I almost feel bad for saying, considering where Wolves are, but Wolves' squad is stronger on paper. Um, but you've just got to put it into into practice on the pitch. And look, I think I think the bookies would actually agree that that Wolves are, if it was a neutral venue, probably stronger on paper. Agree because and Wolves are only I mean Wolves are fifteenth compared to to Fulham who are top six at this moment in time. Massive gap between them, and yet with the bookies, they're only slight favourites at home to beat Wolves. So that just shows, I think, exactly what what we're saying here as well, and that um, and that what Whitey's saying as well that you know they're probably a lot closer than what what a lot of people would think when you look at the table. Okay, um, here we go. Andy Smith says. I'm an optimist. Optimist. I think we'll be fine. 
However, worst case scenario, who at the current squad, including management, leaves the club should we drop to the championship? I think <laughs> I'm an optimist, but, but yeah, um, no. I think you've got to do it the other way around and say yes. players stay because it's yes. it would be much more name Absolutely. the majority of the squad. Um, running through very quickly, I think a player like Nathan Collins stays, Jal Gomez, mm-hmm. obviously a lot of the younger lads a lot who have just come through the academy, like you know, your Hodge and your Lempikis, these kind of players are pretty obvious ones. But ben, ben, Bentley's you nailed on start to next Bentley's season. A, Bentley's you nailed on number one every yeah. day of the week. Um, who else from this? Johnny stay. Johnny's, Johnny's a decent one. I think Johnny probably would. Bueno, probably you keep. Yeah. Um, Ryan Giles comes into the reckoning, probably. 100%. He's, he's, he's <laughs> him and Bueno for left back, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no Neves, obviously. No Nunes. Um, after. No, no Traore. Uh, I mean, couldn't you have to stay? I think Cunha stays. He probably, yeah, he probably does. He has to stay. Has to stay. I think. Um, and then I think you get players like. Fabio Silva and Kalaj just coming back in and probably playing. Yeah, Chiquinho. Chiquinho. I think. Um, I think there's. I don't think it's impossible, but not 100 percent that maybe Kilman stays a player like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'd be a difficult one to keep. But... It's a difficult one, but mm. but then there's a, there's there's a hell of a lot that that move on. Whether that's yeah. permanence, whether it's loans because they're on mm-hmm. too long a contract and can't be moved on. Um, but there's a hell of a lot of players that move. If if they did, and I don't think they will. If they did. Honestly, 100% I would do this. Cunha obviously stays for me. Plays in that number nine. Um, sorry, not number nine. He plays He plays almost like just in behind or, or wider. And I say, and I bring him back, and I say, you're starting every single game for me up top, bar injury, Fabio Silva, this is your season. You're going to score 25 goals in the championship. Good luck. There you go, pal. I mean, I tell you what, throw the gauntlet down, why don't you? Go and go and prove us you're worth, mate. Go down there and score the goals. I'm um, telling you. I tell I'm you what. You. I, if they didn't do that, then then that's criminal for me. I, I, in I w- the championship, I would agree. I would actually agree that that's what you have to do. But what I also think is that I'm not 100 percent sure he would want to be playing in the championship. To be honest with you, which I know is crazy, but um, but yeah, that's what I would do. I completely hmm. agree. Um, I mean, he's your player. You tell him what he's playing. Do you know what I mean? Like you've well, paid all this money for him, so that's um, a fair point. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, Nick says, uh, "Big, big fan of the big fan of the pod." But I uh, thought we were a bit too positive in the last podcast. It's clear we are still in a fight. Possibly we may be maybe until the end of the season. The main reason be the inability to score goals. Do you think that's much of a system of play problem as it is personnel? Wolves are absolutely going to be. Um... In, in this battle for the majority of the season, I, I agree. Maybe we were slightly too positive. I, mean, I don't. We, I, you know, I don't often agree with criticism aimed towards us, but maybe I'll give it, give this one a little bit. Of, <laughs> maybe I'll give this one a little bit of credit. To be fair, um, have been going well though. I mean, look, they beat Bournemouth and were absolutely buzzing, and that's what they should have done, and they didn't. But you know, you you beat Bournemouth one or two nil, and 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 I think you know you could be in twelfth place going into this podcast, and I, and I think it will be a lot a lot different. You know, I, I think we're both. Very happy with what Lopetegui's done so far, the signings that they've made, and there was always going to be bumps in the road. And even if we were a little bit high or a little bit low, what you've got to say, and what I think the most important thing is in this whole situation, and why they've got one of the best coaches in world football, is that Lopetegui has remained consistent. If they've won, he's pleased. 
but he's moving on. If they're losing, he's disappointed, but they're moving on. He's very much stoic in his presence because he knows there's a job to be done. And that's the most important thing for me is that he's the one who, who knows he's not getting too high, he's not getting too low, and that's what you want in a manager. I, you know, I don't need to add anything else. I'll leave it at mm. that. I think you've hit the nail on the head. Okay. Uh, Ronan Gibbons, do you think what happened Saturday might benefit the club in the long term, in um, long run in terms of not taking teams for granted? I think in some ways, yeah. I think so, because it's a little bit of a wake-up call, isn't it? And um, and going into the games we've just discussed, you know, the what is going to be a, a difficult four-game run... Um, you would hope it's maybe you know, given a couple a kick up the arse. So, um, yeah, I think so. Um, Tommy says, why was Kilman wearing a mask? Does this mean he is more preferred when not 100% fit to, to Nathan Collins? Uh, the reason is that he uh, broke his nose against Southampton. Um, so, pretty standard. Obviously, got to wear that for you know a short period of time to, to help it heal uh, and not knock it again. Um, I do think the... The question, second half of that question, is, is a little bit harsh to be honest, because you say he's being preferred over Collins even when not fit, but he is fit. That's why he's playing. Um, a broken nose, you know, you can break break a cheek cheekbone, and you know, players still play and wear wear these kind of masks and stuff. It's it's quite it's fairly regular, fairly common. It doesn't mean he's not fit to play. Um, he is being picked over uh, Collins at the moment, obviously, um, but it's nothing to do with he's been picked over him even when he is, isn't is fit because he is fit. So um, I don't think you, you should sort of talk Collins down in that way. Uh, and I do think he'll have a part to play between now and the end of the season. Uh, Jez and Urpex Cribs both saying the same thing. Do you think Cunny was bought as a number nine or a number 10? He was absolutely bought as the number nine. Um, that's why we always brought him in. He was the number nine. They want him to score goals. And this is, you know, we've already given our opinion on whether we think he's a nine or not. But you look at where he's played the majority of his career at every club and the majority in terms of percentages is he played as a number nine at every club. He has played elsewhere, he's played off the left at times, he played in behind at times, but the majority at every club he's played as a number nine, whether people like it or not. Obviously you have your opinion on it, but that's that's the reason Wolves bought him. Who else? Um, Scott says... Scott, it's repeating on me again, those pancakes, mate. Uh, Scott Big Mac says, name three teams that you think will go down and pick one player from each team you would like at Wolves. Ooh, good question. We both agree Southampton are down, right? I think so, yeah. Who? Um, I, think, I think the obvious one there is James Ward-Prowse, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's so obvious. We'll take, we'll take Prowse. Who else is going down? Uh, I think Bournemouth go. And Bournemouth go, okay. Home. I'm looking at... Oh God! I'm trying to pick one from Bournemouth squad, and we just got beat by that. But I still can't give you a name. I'll be honest. I would say maybe that's Senesi, that centre back. Okay. I think he's. I think he's decent. He's had decent pedigree before he came to Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. That could be. That could be an option. Um, and then who from the other team? Leeds for me. I, I was just about to say Leeds because I think it's probably Leeds or Everton, isn't it? Mm-hmm. As your decision. Yeah. Um, let's just give a play from both teams. Why the hell not? I'll go. Leeds and probably to be honest probably say Weston McKenna who they've just signed yeah I'd probably go him if not I like the that Nonto that forward the young I think he's 19 or 20 year old forward mm-hmm. I like him yeah good player yeah he's let's have player. him so, really good player um, and then Everton let's, see, let's just do Everton for the for the for the laughs um <laughs> 
I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. Um, who, I don't, who do I want from Everton? Pickford. Do you want Pickford? Actually, that's probably the. That's probably a good shout. Yeah. I was going to say maybe or maybe, maybe Tarkovsky maybe maybe but, uh, a Damari Gray maybe Damari Gray but we've got so many wingers you know yeah. and forwards you know Pedence Neto Traore etc I, I would probably go probably go Pickford don't we yeah I think that's a good shout I mean I'd take a fit Dominic Calvert Lewis as Lewin as well sorry but um, he's not fit I mean, for yeah, three years I, I forgot I forgot about him only because he's been so unfit and like he plays two games doesn't do a lot and then gets then gets yeah. injured again so but maybe take a chance on him. Mm, that's not a bad shout. Yeah, that's an option. Mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say the same about Bamford, but I would say the same about about DCL. DCL. DCL, baby. Right. Okay. Um, who else is there? First game of the season, the Premier League next year. Who is the Wolves captain? Says Jack Crutchley. I like that question. Tough I like one that as question, well. Jack. Tough one. Um, who oh. is the Wolves captain? First game of the Premier League, and I like this. Says Premier League. I like it, Jack. That's the kind of question. That we want. Damn right. Confidence. Premier League. Game one. At home. Probably against Leicester. We always play Leicester. Um, probably away. Um, who's 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 skippering the side? I believe it is Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Go for it. Um, I'm going to say Ruben. No. I'm going to say Craig Dawson too. <laughs> Dawson too. You acted so surprised when I said it in the uh, new agreement. Yeah, I know. I was trying to... I mean, look, the captain might not be might not be bought yet. You never know, do you? That's a chance, isn't there? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, a couple more questions before we go. Is it time for Collins to come back in for Kilman? A lot of people asking this. I mean, you said that Kilman was one of the better performers. You thought, weren't you, against Bournemouth on Saturday? Yeah. Few people want Kilman out, mate. From the Kilman, Kilman for England to Kilman out, it changes quite quickly. Yeah, not not for me at the moment. I think Dawson and Kilman are. are fairly solid together and I do think Kilmer was the pick of the defenders to be honest against Bournemouth so um, no I think those two stay in I, I like Collins as I say I think he's got a, a part to play he'll have he'll, I think he'll have an important part to play at times during games as well as between now and the end of the season and um, and yeah I definitely yeah, I definitely stick with these two for now I'm not saying that Collins won't come back in but um, yeah those two for now Freezing Wolf says, I've been listening to the potty for nearly 100 episodes. Well done, fair play. Despite Nathan Judy being a Borough fan, I love your infectious enthusiasm for the old gold. But what would it take for you to properly convert to Wolves as your first team? And what would it take for Judo Keen to convert to Villa? He, I mean, it's not I mean too, I'll, it's not I'll take my bit... Take my pit first. Look, I mean, obviously, you can't change your spots. You've got to, um, you've got to stick with your Borough and uh, hopefully... You never know, mate. Beat Sheffield United the other night. They're, they're, they've got a chance of automatic Borough this year, and I think, I think even even the, I think most Wolves fans would be quite happy to see Borough come in for me, just to have, just for just for the sweat and sorrow of me going to the Riverside when it was uh, when Sage was on the back and uh, they got beat, Scott <laughs> beats in that massive game a few years ago. But it would be, um, I think it'd be fun to have Borough in there next year, Borough Wolves for a couple of games. A bit of added. Added spice to the fixture, would you say? Bit Liam? of added banter with you, of course. Bit of added crack. Um, and what about Villa for you, uh, Keno? Oh, shut up, man! I'm what? Not, I'm not playing these silly little boy games. I'm not. Having... <laughs> I'm not the one who's asking the question. Yeah, whatever. Not interested. <laughs> not interested. He's not even dignifying it with a response. Uh, freezing, right? Okay, let's move on. Chris Rich says. 
The negativity from fans at the minute is crazy. Yes, last weekend was bad, but anything can happen in football. This team is good enough to stay up, but it will be a fight. Another transfer window like the last and we could do something. Good enough to stay up, but will be a fight. I think sums it up. I think that sums mm-hmm. it up. It really does. Um, but you also can't blame fans for being negative after losing 1-0 at home to Bournemouth. I, I completely get it. You know, you have to criticise when it's appropriate um, and equally praise when it's appropriate. But there's a lot of fans that go one way or the other, either way, depending on their outlook on the game. And, and you, you know, everyone's got an opinion and, and that's fine. Um, try and stay balanced, I would say. Try and stay objective and be right. It's not... Obviously not a good result losing to Bournemouth, but this team's got enough in it. Lopetegui's already proven that and shown it to stay up this season and do something, build something for the future. So keep the faith. I would leave it at that. Following against Wolves Friday night, Craven Cottage. We shall be there looking forward to it. Um, Let's preview the game. I'm going to dovetail uh, the last question actually into this because I think it's a, a decent discussion to have. And you touched on it earlier on in the podcast, Liam. This is from FCT Louis. Is it time to give Raul a run of games now? Uh, I think we both would like to see either Diego Costa and, and or Raul start alongside Cunha on Friday night. I think that would be pretty exciting for me and something that I think would actually put, work pretty well at Craven Cottage. But um, what are your thoughts on the game? How do Wolves turn themselves around and go and win there and take three points away in London? So Lopetegui, obviously, as we've seen, one of the, the trends with him is that he plays a lot of midfielders, whether it's playing um, Moutinho as a 10 or playing four midfielders and Nunes out on the left or whatever it might be. So um, he plays a lot of midfielders. But I do really, really believe that Wolves should at least have the opportunity, be given the opportunity to, to flourish going forward and play Cunha behind or alongside another striker and if I'm making the decision, I choose Raul and I give him the run of games that he may need to get back up to speed and maybe score some goals. Look, if he comes in and plays three or four games, five games in a row, doesn't do anything, doesn't perform well, we've got our answer, haven't we? But you, you've got to give him the opportunity to, to go out there and play. Um, and I think Cunha will benefit as well from having someone to play alongside, whether that's Costa or Jimenez. So... I would play a four-two-three-one and play those two. Um, and to be honest, I would I would drop Nunes and um, and and play Lamina and Neves together in a two. Uh, probably go. So you can we give me a formation then? I'd go four-two-three-one. Okay. Saring goal. Then this is what yeah. I would do. Not necessarily what I think he would do. Um, yeah. Semedo. Well, I go same back four as as, as Bournemouth. Semedo. Dawson. Bueno keeps his place. Yeah. Bueno, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would play Lamina and Neves together yeah. in midfield. I would play Sarabia. Yeah, I would. I would play Sarabia on the right. I would play Cunha in behind. I'd play Pedence on the left and then mm-hmm. start Jimenez. I would have Adama, even despite his good performance against Bournemouth, I would have him off yeah. the bench away from home. Spot on for me. I can't argue against that. That's the formation I think that I would go. A few people might say Sarabia, maybe bench. Um, I think you're right with Nunes bench. I agree. I think when you bring Lamina back in there, I, I know he's played like on the left hand side. Nunes, so you can you can say that he's not potentially his position, but he's been he was left hand side drifting in, wasn't it? But I think if you are going to bring Daniel Pedence back, and he did come on, and we both thought he should have come on earlier, you, you probably will start with Bueno, and then you can have Ike Nori to come on if you do need a goal. Same with Traore. You've got weapons on the bench there, and they're going to have a strong bench, but. 
I would like to see it. There'll be people shouting at the um, at the radio or whatever device listening to saying, why are you giving Raul another chance? But you can see that it's not quite working up front, isn't it? And I think Cunha's not going to be the one to dip out. I don't think Cunha will be the one to dip out. Well, I say that, you know. Would Could you see Diego Costa or Raul starting and Cunha on the bench on, on Friday? I would like to see exactly what we've just discussed and two of them and him playing just in behind. But is that is that a possible possibility as well, would you say? I think so, because we've seen it in some games and also we've seen the reluctance to play Cunha alongside a striker from the start. So I do think that there's a very good chance that that, that could happen and, and you utilise Cunha off the bench. And I'm not necessarily against that if you bring Cunha on and play him alongside the striker. If mm. you're bringing him on and he replaces Costa or Jimenez and one or the other isn't on the pitch alongside him, then it's the same. It's, it's exactly the same problem, I think, from the Bournemouth game and previous games that we've had. So um, even if Cunha is benched, I'm not necessarily against it, provided that he, he comes on in the you know the right scenario for me. Um, and it's going to be tough because Fulham, albeit, yeah, you look on paper and, and I think they're punching above their weight. They're very well drilled, very organised. And they've got some, you know, Brazilian flair and, and talent going forward. So um, I've been impressed with them. I really have. And, and obviously, Wolves, it was a long time ago playing them at home. Uh, that nil nil, wasn't it? Second game of the season, I believe. Um, yeah. Both teams have come <clears> a long way, for better or worse, since then. And it's it's going to be very very difficult um, at Craven Cottage. But I do believe that Wolves are more than capable of getting something out of this game. And and for my money, having that more slightly more attacking approach, we're still being conservative midfield will give Wolves the, the keys to, to winning that Pedro Neto was not in the squad against Bournemouth uh, a few people were quite surprised he did play for the 23s earlier on in the week didn't he and, uh, and scored actually which was or 21 sorry and, and scored at, at Compton Park uh, do you think that he will come back into the reckoning it seems to me that the Lobotigis will, will be managing his minutes between now and the end of the season it, as we suggested that we want to get Pedro Neto back to full fitness, ready to go, chomping a bit for the start of next season. And we will see him start some games, but do you feel that, that it's going to be very much a, a week-to-week basis with, with Neto and, and how he's feeling and how the squad's shaping up for, for Horses for Courses games? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, from what I'm told, coming off at half-time in that 21 game, he was he was, he was was pretty tired, um, which is no surprise considering he's not played for four months. So mm. um, it's going to take him a bit of time and he may get... You know, games off the bench and opportunities here and there. Um, and I mean, Lopetegui was very keen to say he'll be a key player for me between now and the end of the season. But I think it's going to take a little bit of time to get there and there may not be a lot of the season left. So certainly in the short term, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. I could see him being in the squad, but it depends on um, on the other options they've got because Lamina's going to come back in. Hodge probably drops out for, for that. Um, and then you've got decisions to make with the players you leave out because, you know, We've got a player like Totti Gomez at the moment. He's not getting anywhere near the squad, so there are there is a much bigger squad than we have seen and experienced with Wolves previously in recent years. So um, a lot of big decisions to make. Bit of bit of a change to the schedule for next week, by the way, peeps. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going away skiing on uh, on on Sunday for a few days, uh, which should be should be very nice. Unfortunately, I have to miss the the Liverpool game, which I'm gutted about. I got rearranged uh, after the the trip, which is frustrating. But um, so the podcast as such won't happen next week. However, there will be a podcast because, and this was mentioned at the very end of the last podcast. When will it happen? Well, it is happening. Mr. Liam Keane has finally got an invite to Shea Judah. We will be recording next week's podcast after Fulham 
on Friday night and will be available on Saturday morning for you all. Kino, you've got the call to London. How does it feel, baby? Well, by hook or by crook, I knew one day I'd get myself through the door. And, uh, <laughs> and I finally made it, baby. Mum, I've made it. <laughs> oh, he's coming down on Friday. We might have a little bit of scram before the game. He's going to be staying there. So we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll have some, some shenanigans to talk about on Friday night. And hopefully we can be having it with a washing down with a nice, a nice glass of Malbec to celebrate uh, three points in London, which would be lovely. Um, let's get a, a final prediction. I'll go first and we'll leave the, the floor to you for the competition as always, Liam. What do you want to give away this week? What should we give away? You, you decide what we're going to give away. I'll say the score. You can decide the prize and your scoreline that will, will determine who's going to win. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Wolves go and get three points here. They're going to get three points. I think they go... I think this is a get-right game. I think they go there. They play against an opposition that are going to be good. It's going to be a tight game, but one that I think they get the job done. And I'm going to say it will finish Fulham 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2. Oh, I hope you're right. <laughs> I think it will be a 2-1 a win away from home. So, well, let's go prize first of all. Let's I'll, go prize first, yeah, got, let's go prize. Have I got free reign to say whatever? Well, I mean, don't give away a flipping holiday to Barcelona or, or even Barbados because I'm in trouble. But um, whatever the Judah budget can stretch to, let's have a look. Let's say... Okay. Should we go with an Arctic ice top, third kit? Well, it's, I mean, you know, getting towards the end of the season now, let's just go with the whole kit. Let's the go with kit. short socks. The whole kit. The whole, the whole caboodle. Okay, boom. Perfect. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say, mm. I hope you're right and I hope I'm wrong. Of course. <laughs> because I'm going to go slightly more conservative. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Fulham uh, 1, Wolverhampton 1-1. I'll take one. Okay. I'm not going to take it. That's why I want three points. <laughs> uh, but uh, look, everybody safe travels down on London. It's not the easiest game, is it? Friday, getting down to London, you're probably going to leave, leave work early. Some people probably will not be going into work. Some people will say they're going into work and they, they won't be turning up. But uh, we'll, we'll see you all down there. And uh, look, if you, if you say see us then give us a hug give us a kiss give Kino a kiss and um, we'll see you all on on Friday night and like I said we'll be doing the podcast from uh, Shade Judah Friday for Saturday morning so look forward to it uh, we'll see you all there have a great weekend from me from Kino take care bye bye you better retreat cause we're on the attack the strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack we're Wolverhampton we're on our way back